Welcome to the Fully Delighted Podcast, a hopeful and helpful resource from South Mountain Community Church, a multi-site church in Utah. Each week we will be hearing from our staff as we explore what makes SMCC unique, as well as what it means to be fully devoted and fully delighted in Jesus Christ. We hope this podcast can be a helpful resource for you to take your next step with Jesus. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Fully Delighted Podcast. My name is Adam, and I get to serve as the Campus Support Team Director here at South Mountain Community Church. And with me, as always, is Pastor Eric Nelson. Glad to have you on uh, on this episode as we go into 1 Corinthians chapter 2 today. Chapter 2, rolling right along verse by verse in this study. And uh, today we have a special guest on the podcast. This is exciting because... Uh, I listened to your podcast, Sacred Skeptics, for a long time, and so now it's really cool to have you here, Mike Bell. Oh. Pastor Mike <laughs> I Bell. I wasn't going to say, I was wondering who was going to jump in. Let's, Pastor Mike Pastor Bell. Pastor Mike from the uh, Draper Campus is here today. Great. Campus Pastor at Draper. Yep. Great to be here with you. And, you know, in all fairness, Sacred Skeptics was somebody else's podcast mm. that I was on with him. So, yeah. It wasn't just me. I appreciate the way your brain works, Mike. And so I'm really <laughs> excited for today's conversation. Yeah, excellent. And so for our listeners, if you don't know, uh, we're on this journey through 1 Corinthians. In fact, right now, you know, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, you know, we're in the middle of the series that is disorganized religion going through 1 Corinthians, and that is really a higher level view going through several chapters per week. Yeah, that, that series on Sunday is theme by theme, and um, I think that's a fine way to study the Bible, because once you have the themes or the major buckets, you can read through verse by verse, and you know what bucket to put a piece of content into. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I love that. I, I think we're giving our church a real high overview of the book with a few of the key buckets. Um each week, um, but this verse by verse allows us to go back and and fill in some of the gaps and uh, put some of the content from the letter uh, into a few important categories. So we're in chapter two today. That's yeah, so being able to just go through it in more, I mean, some people would, <laughs> some people would be like, why don't you just go through it paragraph by paragraph? We'll go through it chapter by chapter. That's about as <laughs> as as uh, detailed as we're going to get through this book. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I want to do is go ahead um, and and read. For you guys, um, as usual, we're just reading out the New International Version. You obviously can read through whatever version you want, but if you want to follow along with us, that's where we are. Eric, what section do you want us to to, to go through first? Yeah, so we'll just go through the first five verses, and then we'll yeah. pause, and Mike and I will talk through those. Um, for our listeners who don't know Mike, he was on the podcast a few seasons back talking about your story and... A, a little bit about the kingdom. About the kingdom, the kingdom yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mike is from the Pacific Northwest, so... Uh, That's where you're you know, from. We have a lot in common. Yeah. Someone yeah. came up to me on Sunday and said, you dress like you're from the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> I was I like, kinda, what do they dress like? What does that, that even mean? <laughs> a lot of flannel, Carhartt, things like that. I dress <laughs> like I work outside, but I clearly work inside. <laughs> um, but uh, Mike, you came here many years ago with Pastor Paul to start this place. Yeah, so. yeah. Was it 23 Many moons ago. Wow. Two decades plus. Decades. Yep. Grew up. I I like the way you describe... The way you describe your spiritual upbringing uh, fits the letter um, of 1 Corinthians because... You mean as a garden variety pagan? Pagan. There it is. Yes. (laughs) Garden variety pagan. What Paul talks about, like the pagans do in in Mm. this book, um, I was trying to figure out... You know, when he uses the word pagan, I don't think it's a disrespectful thing. He's talking about spirituality outside of the Christian worldview. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I, I mean, somebody who's an actual pagan would probably take issue with me saying that because they're like, <laughs> what, were you a Wiccan? Because yeah. if you weren't a Wiccan, you can't use that word. But no, I'm using it as an umbrella term for 
I was into the New Age movement yep. and a lot of gobbledygook back then. Yeah, spiritual but not religious is kind of a, yeah. the, the modern-day term, uh, phrase, I guess you could say, for some of that right. um, that that worldview. So anyways, yeah. it's good to have you here, Mike. God's done a great, to be a great thing in your life out of the garden variety pagan <laughs> worldview to a biblical worldview. Absolutely. Yep, so let's hit the first five, Adam, and uh, five. of chapter two, and then we'll, we'll pause and talk through it and then keep on going. Chapter two is a bit shorter than chapter one. So. You know what's funny here, Eric? We'll I keep actually it short today. just had Second Corinthians pulled up, and I'm like, man, he's choosing some really weird uh, sections to go through here. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I must be missing something. <laughs> no, uh, I got, that would have been awkward. Yeah. First Corinthians chapter two, here we go. All right, All right so first five verses. Uh, so Paul's saying, and so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Yeah, good stuff. Mm. Um, let's kind of walk through this. So, you know, chapter two begins with an interesting transition, so it is with me. Well, what is with you? You right. got to go back to chapter mm. one. But but like we've said, the Corinthians valued what their Greco-Roman culture valued, and because of that, they undervalued uh, Paul's leadership, they undervalued the gospel. And so Paul has made a point of how they've gotten that wrong. And now he's saying, so let me tell you about an accurate approach to leadership inside of the gospel. And so it is with me. This is how I chose to lead. So this is his personal mm, approach. And right. Mike, what do you see about his personal approach that sort of stands out? Is there anything that stood out to you in that section? Well, the fact that he says he, he does not come with eloquence or human wisdom... Uh, yet we see him in other places where he does use eloquence and human right. wisdom when he's when he's t- mm. uh, speaking in front of the Areopagus. Yep, I was thinking of the Snuffleupagus whenever I say that <laughs> word. Um, Doctor Seuss book. Yes, yeah. exa- or no, uh, no, that's Sesame, Sesame Street. Street. Oh. Yeah, that's um, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he used a lot of eloquence in philosophical arguments and and quoted uh, pagan poets. And so I, it was a little bit of a head scratcher for me when yeah. I first read this, and I thought, well, no, he's he's having to, d- in a sense, dumb it down for these mm-hmm. folks because they're not ready for anything besides milk. Yeah, and and so I thought that was interesting. The other thing that I think is interesting is that he says he didn't come. Um, well, besides saying without wise and persuasive words, he he had fear. He came with great fear and trembling. Mm-hmm. He kind of understates his own abilities. Yeah, and uh, it reminded me of Moses and, and Jeremiah. Mm. Right? God sometimes God chooses people mm. who aren't necessarily the most eloquent or the or the the people who are really commanding. Right? Yeah. I mean, Moses probably had a stutter issue. Right. Right. And and actually, he kept on saying, "No, Lord, not me, not me, not me." Uh-huh. And it said the Lord's anger burned against Moses. It's right. like, why don't you trust me? Okay, fine. We'll use your, you know, we'll use Aaron instead. Yeah. All right, to be the mouthpiece mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. Um, so I don't. There are other examples of people who weren't. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of examples in Scripture of people who aren't by the world standards qualified mm. to be a great orator or right. whatever. Mm. And I think I think it's interesting that he. He describes himself that way, and he also does it in Second Corinthians, where he says, "Yeah, people say that I write with really large, you know, um, writing. Like I've obviously got issues with my eyes, and I'm not much to look at when I'm speaking." <laughs> and you know, he's pretty self-deprecating. Yeah. But the point is, God uses, um, you know, leading with a limp—that yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Right? Mm. 
Totally. And I think it's an interesting thing. He says, um, I came this way, but it really was a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Right. So in the first century world, everybody wanted to demonstrate their own power. Mm. Look how smart I am. Look at my vocabulary. Look at my ability to string together sentences into ideas that you've never heard before. I can wax eloquently in a way that's powerful. Paul says, not my approach. Right. It's a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So any influence, any life change, God gets the credit for, not not me. And so you really see yeah. this humble approach um, here. And uh, there were a couple things that jumped out at me. Verse 2, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Paul just wanted to preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. And I think at SMCC, we have this line, and, and um, we'd like to say, hey, we want Jesus to be in every message. We want the gospel to be in every message. And I think if the Apostle Paul were here, he would say, that's wonderful. I think there's a, there's biblical reasons for that to be the case. Mm-hmm. I want to know Jesus and Him crucified. Who He is and what He's done should be at the center of uh, gospel leadership, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think Paul's making making that point, and so we want to, you know, we want to build on that at SMCC too. And um, I think there's a theme here in this chapter that's going to emerge, and, and I think that uh, as we keep on reading, we'll see it, but he introduces it here. I think they were criticizing him for not being deep enough as a preacher. <laughs> now, this is interesting, because I've been criticized of that. Uh, SMCC has received that feedback at times. Mm-hmm. But I think here's here's something to note, and um, I, I think we see this sort of baked into Paul's um, theme here, is that uh, shallow preaching is very different than simple preaching. Mm-hmm. And I think Paul had a simple approach to preaching the gospel that was not shallow. Um, that simple approach is actually incredibly mature. And I think um, as we keep reading, we'll see that theme emerge, but I think that's really important to, to us at SMCC that the, uh, I think Tim Keller says, the gospel is not the ABCs, it's the A to Z mm. of, uh, of salvation, meaning everything that, um, everything that, can transform us. Everything that we need to reflect on and meditate on is really found in the gospel, from our performance issues to our insecurity issues to our guilt and shame issues to our fear issues to our sexual identity issues to our sexual ethics to our money. Everything comes back to what Jesus has done on the cross and the identity, the authority, and the activity that is defined through Him. And that's a simple approach but it's certainly not a shallow approach, and I think that's important. You know, the irony is that anybody who would say something like that to you or about anybody here, this podcast is actually what they're looking for. I think so, yeah. Because usually when somebody says that, they're saying, well, I I want verse-by-verse expositional preaching. Mm -hmm. I remember Pastor Paul used to say, show me the passage where Jesus does expositional (laughs) verse-by-verse preaching. (laughs) I mean, it was all parables, it was um, life lessons, and and that's our style too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Like you pack the gospel into Mm -hmm. life application, biblically-based messages. There's nothing, obviously, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. And and here we are supplementing yeah. with verse by verse. Mm-hmm. I just think that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think for anybody who would come to me and say something like, that message was too shallow, I would say, I, I think I could make a case for how the gospel will take them deeper than than perhaps they understood. And maybe mm-hmm. they didn't hear it um, in, in a way that, that I would have wanted them to. Mm-hmm. And um, anyways... I feel like Paul is kind of trying to defend that a little bit. I just wanted to preach Christ to you guys. Yeah. Mm. Well, and then if you think about how Jesus said, teach everyone to obey all that I commanded, mm-hmm. um, he commanded a lot of stuff. Yeah. There's a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. And it's just, we're packaging it a certain way to yeah. make it as relevant to 21st century living as we can. Yeah. And um, so people, <laughs> I think some people forget 
that that's part of the whole deal is yeah. make sure that you know what Jesus taught. Yep. The Corinthians wanted a mis they, they wanted mysterious ideas that they had not heard before. That was mm. impressive to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Paul didn't present that. Yeah. He but he also leverages their understanding of that and their value of that to draw them to Christ. And we're right. going to see that as it, as he goes on. There is maturity in the gospel. I just think you're missing it is kind of what right. he's saying. I think that there's still that even today, Eric, that um, I think to a, to a degree that there can be Christians who think, if I wasn't really con- confused or like, oh my gosh, I've never heard that before, right? Or there wasn't a complicated word mm-hmm. that they're like, well, then what am I learning, right? Like, I think yeah. that there is some similarities in those two things. Absolutely, absolutely. We we are impressed, and by we, I mean our culture and, and even Christian subculture, We've been taught to be impressed with certain things, and I think if the Apostle Paul were here, he would say, you're impressed by the wrong thing, sure. if, that's how, if that's your approach. You should be impressed by Jesus and all that he's done, mm-hmm. value him supremely, and apply who he is in the cross to your life deeply, mm. and um, that's really, really important. And I think one of the things that I I think is interesting in this section is the Apostle Paul says, I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. When I read that, I wasn't sure if he was being sarcastic. Like, you guys think you're so important. I wasn't scared of you at all, but I came to you shaking (laughs) in my boots. Yeah, I was shaking in my boots. No, I think he probably means, and I I looked at some commentaries, and um, I think he probably means I was a little nervous that my simple approach to preaching the gospel um, would be ridiculed by you. Or wouldn't land or whatever. Wouldn't land, yeah. And um, yeah, he he probably has a good point, (laughs) is that they weren't all that impressed with him. So anyways, but but the whole point of this is that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but God's power. Now, how do you think that plays into the whole issue of apologetics? Mm. Like, because somebody could read that and go, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't spend a bunch of time explaining why the resurrection (laughs) is believable and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) And that's not the takeaway. No, no, no. I was thinking to myself, oh, I'm going to start preparing less for my messages so that God gets the credit. (laughs) Yeah, that's not it. That's not it either. Um, uh, Grace and truth all the time. And so apologetics falls into the category of truth, and it's very, very helpful to remove those stumbling blocks. Um, but I think there's a form of apologetics where I want to impress and I want you to see how smart we are. Right. That that type of apologetics um, does exist. And um, I think uh, there's totally a place for apologetics. I, I love apologetics. Um, the apologetics, it does sound smart to a lot of people. And mm-hmm. the problem is not being smart. The problem is wanting to seem smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I think, that's, I think that's the danger uh, is... I'm going to try and impress rather than be helpful. Apologetics are helpful, though. So, what do you think he meant by the a demonstration of the Spirit's power? Was what they experienced when they heard well, him? I wasn't sure if he's referring to you know that miracle that you guys saw me do. How about that for a demonstration of God's <laughs> yeah, power? Yeah, yeah. Because I think uh, Paul did perform miracles that were demonstrations of God's power, and therefore Paul's authority as a communicator of this message. Mm-hmm. I don't know, though, if that's what it was. Yeah, he doesn't really tell us. I think, I think contextually, uh, when Paul preached and when he showed up the first time to start the church, uh, it was revolutionary. It, it, this approach to the gospel created the local church and, and, and life change happened, and that is the demonstration of God's power through right. Paul's preaching. Right. It's like, you know people's lives were changed when I led. That's, 
let's not forget that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's probably it. I don't know. What do you think? I think I think you're exactly right. I mean, I can't count how many times people have over the years walked up and said, whoever the speaker was, mm-hmm. they're like, I feel like they wrote that message for me. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, obviously, the spirit is convicting. He's <laughs> yeah. He's doing all sorts. You know, he's 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 working with people in the room, mm-hmm. and and so it's through the gospel message mm-hmm. and all the gospel truths that that happens. Yep. And that is the demonstration of the spirit's yeah. power. I'm sure that's what he's referring to. Yeah, I think this section could serve as a good um, class in seminary in the in the preaching course mm. because I think you do. There's some freedom here that I don't have to show up with the most interesting, clever concepts. I'm going to work hard to present what I have, but I don't have to be the most clever communicator. I don't have to be the one that's powerful. I can do the best I can with the text and let God take uh, over. Yeah, yeah. You're not competing with other yeah, preachers. Right. And that's a really freeing place to be because it is pretty vulnerable to get on a stage and people are judging you based on your ability and skill set yeah. and all that. And yeah. Paul gets to the judgment piece at the end of this, who's actually judging you. <laughs> that's in there. Yeah. Um, there's some judgment there in the evaluation of this, of this delivery, but it is very freeing to just open the text, sit back and say, uh, God, do what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And, and, Every week, just on Sunday, someone came to me and said, uh, and I'm not saying this to you know pat myself on the back, they said, that's the best... Actually, it was your wife, Adam. Oh, yeah. That was the best sermon <laughs> I've ever heard. And I thought to myself, certainly didn't feel like that to me. <laughs> and, and so... But that's um, a great example it, if you don't example. know what the Lord's going to do with something. 100%. Mm-hmm. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, they talked a lot about preaching... Um, you share a message every day. When you talk to your kids, you talk to your employees, mm-hmm. you talk to your neighbors, you're sharing a message... And just be open to the idea that God is going to speak through you in those moments. That's all. I want every listener, you know, I'm thinking yeah. of people who are going through this podcast in their small group, your, your business, your team meeting, your clients, your customers, wherever you're at, um, you're, you're communicating a message by how you live and in the conversations and just be grateful that God can work. Man, you just reminded me of something that's um, related, but a little tangential. And that's um, a speaker who was at a conference who was, ta- he was talking to a bunch of musicians and he said, uh, Madonna was just here. What was she doing when she was here? And they all kind of looked around the room like she was singing her songs. And he <laughs> goes, what was Madonna doing here? And, you know, trying to get him to think a little deeper. And they're like, performing. Yeah. He goes, she was discipling the nation. Whoa. Ooh, and they all went, Oh my yeah. goodness! And he goes, "What should you be doing as musicians, uh-huh. discipling the nation?" So if the if the church doesn't disciple the nation, the nation's going to disciple the church. Yeah, was another mm. thing that he said. And so yeah. every Christian needs to be thinking about what Paul is saying here. Yeah, is there a demonstration of the Spirit's power in your relationships as a believer? Uh, because you ooh. are discipling people in in one way or another. Yeah, mm. with your life, with your words. Love it. And so that's powerful. Yeah, wow. cool. We said this was going to be a short podcast. Let's get going. All right, Adam. So much verse, for that. Verse 6. <laughs> Where do you want me to read through for uh, this Let's section? go uh, 6 through 10. <clears throat> Got it. That's what I was thinking, actually. So, All right. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, 
What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by the Spirit. Yeah, so he goes back Mm. to a theme that emerged uh, in chapter one, but basically the common thinking of the day is out of sync at times with the thinking of the gospel, and because of that, there's there's this ripple effect, and there's implications of the the uh, the contrast in that thinking. And so I, I like that he says we do speak a message of wisdom among the mature. For those who understand the importance of the gospel, mm-hmm. the simple approach to my leadership, the Apostle Paul is saying, is actually very mature. It's very mature. I think that's what he's getting at. And I think sometimes the SMCC there. There's groups of people who have been Jesus followers for a very long time who call this place home. And I think that they would say there's a uniqueness to gospel-centered preaching that's deep. Mm-hmm. And like new believers treasure it, old believers treasure it. Sometimes there's people in the middle who don't quite see it yet, and, yeah. and I hope that they would. Yeah. So I think the Apostle Paul is saying to them, there's a group of very mature Jesus followers who do understand the value in this preaching. Yeah. Mm. Well, our cultural moment is much different even than the first century, right? I mean, we, we are trying to intrigue the seeker and feed the believer at the same time. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And yep. back then, I, I don't think that was necessarily the case. I mean, I'm sure they had unbelievers who would visit, you know, family members and whatnot, but it was predominantly people who were already believers who were sitting in the meeting. So... Mm. Um, we have a, a special challenge, I think, yeah. Yeah. and even in our culture, there's plenty of churches out there that are that are intended to be for Christians, mm-hmm. and we're for the, we're trying to be for the people who aren't here yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yet we have a body to serve, right? Yeah. And and to and to, and to feed. Yep. And so it's a it's a funky dynamic that we have yeah. to address. And 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 the way that I've been talking about it, to put it simply, is uh, there's Sunday and there's Monday through Friday. Yep. And it's just a that's just my way of making it real clear to people that we have a clear purpose for our Sundays and we have a clear purpose through our Mondays through Fridays mm-hmm. and Sundays feed into those Monday th- Monday through Fridays. Yeah. And um, I think that uh, that approach that philosophy uh, actually serves both people very very well. Um, and so, yeah, so the Apostle Paul says, you know, he talks about rulers. They would obviously be the, uh, the, the leaders of the thinking that's outside of the gospel thinking. I, th- mm-hmm. I, I think he's using rulers in that sense. And he's saying the wisdom is just really out of sync with the wisdom of, of the gospel. And uh, I, I think there's just a really good reminder here that at times, and I, saw, I heard a pastor tweet that, I saw him tweet this recently, mm-hmm. um, Basically, he said something like, it's possible to have a life that doesn't appear fruitful to the world, but is fruitful and faithful to God. Mm. And I think there's just, that's really a, a comforting approach, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that there's a quiet way to live your life that honors God, and it might not look flashy and mm-hmm. sexy and wealthy to the world, mm-hmm. but God is so honored and pleased. Mm. And I just really want to encourage people um, who might be listening to this podcast and reading through 1 Corinthians that... Um, in God's economy, faithfulness and fruitfulness look different. Well, and there's another place where the Apostle Paul says, live a quiet life. Mm. Um, he, he, he makes a point of that, yeah. like, hey, just go about your business, do your work as unto the Lord, um, and, and don't make a ruckus, right. is kind of the, <laughs> the implication of yeah. it. Like, um, yeah, so I think that's a great point. Yeah, and, the, and then the cross, you know, 
was completely out of step with the values of that world. Right. I mean, criminals died on a cross. And so preaching a crucified Messiah just seemed ludicrous to the Jews and ludicrous to the Gentiles. Right. Yeah, so his whole point of the, the wisdom of God, the mystery of God mm-hmm. was the cross. Yeah. And that they didn't see it coming. Right. No, and I had seen it coming. <laughs> no, I had seen it coming. And it's it's so obvious to... Um, and, I mean, even John the Baptist was confused, right? Mm-hmm. He, he said, hey, go ask him, are you the one right. that was to come, or should we be waiting for another? They couldn't figure out how to reconcile the suffering servant mm-hmm. prophecies about the Messiah and the conquering king yes. prophecies. And yeah. so in their mind... The conclusion they had come to was, well, there's going to be one who suffers and dies and one who's going to be a conquering king. Two different ones. Mm. Because what else are you supposed to do with those passages, right? Right, right, right. right. And so, but nobody was clued in to the wisdom of God, which Mm -hmm. was going to be, you know, the the atonement of an infinite being taking care of all sin for all time. That just Mm. was on nobody's radar. Right. (laughs) And, And that's why he quotes Isaiah 64. The central act of salvation for people, no one saw it come in the way that it did. Right. And and that's where Isaiah comes into this, and that's why Paul quotes Isaiah. And um, this is hard for us to understand. If you're in our century reading through 1 Corinthians, you get to chapter 2, you're like, this doesn't feel very devotional to me. This is so strange. It's because we live in the shadow of Christ crucified in the West. Right. We have churches with crosses, we have necklaces, we have tattoos with crosses, it's everywhere. And so for us, it's like, why were they so out of sync with it? Well, it was so radical and revolutionary in the first century Mm. that Paul had to continue to correct them and organize them around the gospel, organize them around the cross. And so for us, we have to kind of put ourselves into that world, the world in which a crucified Messiah would seem ludicrous to understand this chapter. Eric, if you were to give somebody... Today, try to think of something that is comparable in mm-hmm. today's society, right? And, and and I get it. Like the the cross is everywhere, right? Like we have a cross yeah. in front of uh, this building that we're in, right? right? You know, so so it just doesn't bring the same weight. What yeah. would it be like to to preach this type of savior today, twenty twenty two? Like, what would oh this, man? I mean, can you think um, of something that'd be comparable? Hmm. Yes. Uh, gosh, I, I, I almost don't want to say something to like insult that someone. Uh. Um, but like, I, uh, I worship the person at the DMV behind the counter slowing everybody down. You know, like I'm trying to find somebody, some type of. It's a horrible out of you. Put me on the spot. Like, I did put you on the spot. this but... ahead of time. Um, I'm trying to think of somebody our culture says is a nobody. That's what I'm trying to, mm-hmm. to get at. Gotcha. And um, who does our culture say is a nobody? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I honestly couldn't put it into words because it's somebody you've never heard of. <laughs> it's yeah, someone right, I right. can't even point to yeah. because uh, that's how... I mean, it was a criminal, all mm-hmm. right? So think of right. a criminal. Think of um, poverty. Mm-hmm. Think of ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Very little influence traction, according to the culture. Mm. Um, and so, I don't know what that is in American culture. I'm trying to think of what would be the comparable substitutionary atonement right. that would just seem mm. ludicrous. Right. But honestly, and I can't think of one, but <laughs> but this one still seems ludicrous. As a matter of fact, I mean, and we're going to get into this part about how, um, you know, the Spirit is the one who reveals these things to people. When I was, when the gospel was being proclaimed to me mm-hmm. by the person who led me to Christ, 
I could not wrap my brain around why I mm-hmm. had to believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins in order for me to have eternal life. It mm-hmm. just didn't register. Mm-hmm. It didn't register until I've, I had to come to the place where I realized I had no arguments left against who Jesus was, who the Bible mm-hmm. said he was, uh-huh. and it was my sin that was holding me back yeah. from believing. And once I did actually place my faith in Christ, the message of the cross and the atonement suddenly did make sense right. to my thinking. Right. And I have no explanation for yep. that other than the Spirit's power. Right. And, and he's going to go there in this chapter. Yeah. Um, Adam, I guess, who does our culture spit on right now? You know, mm. like that... Like, and we live in mm. such a progressive culture, like we don't want to say we spit on anybody. Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's he's being spit on. Yeah. Um, uh, the, dri- the, the drive-through kid at McDonald's, you know, right, the, the right, person right. you yep. don't see, the person you can't see because mm-hmm. they're so insignificant, the person we spit on in our culture. Mm-hmm. Honestly, maybe the homeless person on the mm. corner right, would right. be close. I mean, there's a few different categories of people yeah. Um, yeah. that would fit into that. But I think to our culture, if that's who the Savior was, the the homeless person, now that's a bad thing, because a bad illustration because there's a lot of reasons for homelessness that aren't yeah. accurate and the metaphor right, breaks right. down. Everything, well, you almost need yeah. somebody who's who's um, being ridiculed because they're being so outspoken and speaking truth to power, because right. that's what Jesus was doing, oh, Jesus too. Jesus did that, sure. too, there yeah. You go, yeah. But, yeah. But, but to understand Paul's argument, it's he's taking something that's so out of whack to their common thinking mm-hmm. and saying, that's everything now. Mm. And that's what I'm trying to explain here with the homeless, the DMV person, <laughs> yeah, the person yeah. we spit right. on, the McDonald's worker. Right, the marginalized, the most marginalized yeah. person you can think of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, I hope that helps a listener understand why this was so hard for the Corinthians to grasp. Right. It would be that hard for us, too, yeah. if it was yeah. so out of sync with our thinking. The reason this this thought experiment is so hard, a thought experiment is to assume something is true for the sake of the process, mm-hmm. is so hard for us is because we're built on the cross in Western culture. Christianity yes. has so yes. in, influenced yeah. our thinking that this experiment is very hard for us. Because um, yeah, yeah, we yeah. already value the homeless and the kid at McDonald's, like, right. in sure. theory, at least. Yeah, we yeah. do, yeah. We value and that. And it's funny, just the difference in culture too because you were saying like even people have a a cross tattoo right and people Mm -hmm. somebody today wouldn't even think second a second about that right but back then like if you were to tattoo a cross on you it'd be like what are you why 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 would you do that that's so weird yeah you know so we're so disconnected from right what what paul's talking to yeah yeah this is not a person who would have a lot of followers on on instagram probably maybe 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 a growing influence in the in you know behind the scenes but right you know they're not the celebrity and our culture so loves celebrity so whatever the opposite of that is yeah yeah that would be it cool well yeah i know Mm. i put you on the spot and every uh every illustration breaks down somewhere right but uh, but but i uh, think I hope that a listener hearing me think through how to do the illustration serves the point. Mm-hmm. You know, gets right. that gets that point across. Absolutely. Well, yeah. let's let's just wrap it up, Adam. Why don't you read from uh, verse? Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess it'd be ten B. Yeah, it's funny. B I is the second mine's part not of the even verse. Uh, saying that, but the way it's broken up, I just realized I stopped in the middle of ten. So yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. going to say ten B. Yeah, there you go. Ten B starts with. You know, these uh, numbers are not inspired. I know. <laughs> nor, hey, nor the titles or the chapter breaks. I, I just got to put this here. You know, when I went to uh, Bible school, mm-hmm. um, my freshman year, I remember hearing that. And just that never uh, even popped into my mind until my professor said, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. These aren't inspired. It was, it was a letter. Yeah. No breaking. No you breaking. Know, no, no verse numbers. Yeah. We just do it because it's easier to exactly. find things. that way. Yeah, yeah find things, yes. 
So 10b, <laughs> Paul says, the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Mike, take it away. <laughs> this is complicated. This yeah. section is complicated. Well, the thing that, that sticks out to me is in speaking about the Spirit, uh, we have a, a Trinitarian reference here, mm-hmm. and um, I, I've been having conversations with somebody recently who is trying to convince me that maybe the Spirit is is the, the, the Spirit of the Father and the Son and mm-hmm. not... Uh, a, a personhood or a center mm. of consciousness in and of himself. And I kept saying, no, that's not what Scripture teaches. Now, you could read this, and you might come to that conclusion, mm. because you, it says, um, no one knows the thoughts of God except for the Spirit of God. So somebody might say, well, that's just God's own, the Father's Spirit within him. Um, but then it says the Spirit who, mm-hmm. so it's an individual, yep. is from God and there's plenty of mm-hmm. other passages that talk about the spirit having the attributes of personhood. Right. Right. You can grieve him. Mm-hmm. Um, he speaks, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and he speaks as God mm-hmm. over and over again in the book of Hebrews. You can lie mm-hmm. to him. There are people who lie to the Holy Spirit, and Peter says, "You've you've not lied to men, but to God." So, mm-hmm. the, the the Trinity is definitely a thing. Yep, <laughs> and yeah. this is a very Trinitarian passage. Yeah, for sure. I was thinking to myself, why did Paul need to include this, and why did he include this here and now? Like, wh- why did he put this here? And I think, I think he's assuming the criticism is going to be, how do you know, Paul, that your message is from God? Mm. What's the bridge, sort of, between God's wisdom and us embracing it? Where does this life change happen from the inside out, as we would describe it? Mm-hmm. And Paul says, oh, all." I think he's saying this, all of your concern and confusion and criticism can be cleared up by understanding how the Holy Spirit works. And I think he's mm-hmm. taking time to say, look, there's something else at play here. It's not just philosophy, and it's not just smart and academic people riffing. I'm not doing that. I think what he's saying is the Holy Spirit has known God's plans from the beginning, of course, Mm -hmm. and therefore he is going to be the one that helps transfer (laughs) God's wisdom into the lives of people. And I think that is a huge part of the role of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so it feels weird that Paul kind of goes into this deep section on the work of the Spirit, but I think it makes sense when you consider they would have been so confused on how this timeless truth of for all ages 
gets flushed out in everyday life, and mm. it's through the work of the Holy Spirit. Right. He's also making the point of whether it's him speaking to them uh, personally, right in front of them, or writing to them the way that he is now. Mm-hmm. This is another argument for the inspiration of Scripture. Right. That's I mean, really good. I mean, it's just. I mean, it's spirit-taught words, and the fact that there is a metaphysical dynamic between the person who is a Christ follower and the book. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and this is one of those things, I was telling my Essential Christianity class uh, recently, look, this is a, um, a very subjective experience that we can't prove in any other sort of way, mm-hmm. but, but I said, I'm telling you that as a Jesus follower, the Word of God is going to interact with your spirit mm-hmm. in, in a way that other books do not. Right. Mm. And I, I, I held up my Bible and I said, look at all these highlighted passages from the last 30 years of my life. I couldn't tell you why I highlighted half of these yep. passages, yep. but in the moment, they were speaking to me right. very specifically. And um, you know, I don't want to sound like a bunch of hocus pocus, but that is the dynamic that yeah. we see there. When when Paul says all scriptures God breathed and pro- and and um, useful for teaching and reproving and and training up in righteousness, so the man of God or the woman of God can yeah. be perfectly equipped. Um, it's God breathed. Right. That's a very interesting. Yeah, concept, right? right. And it, and in the writer of Hebrews says the word of God is sharper than any double edged sword, dividing between soul and spirit, and all this kind of stuff. It's like there is something happening yeah. <laughs> yeah. when you read the word; it does interact with your soul. It's because they are spirit taught words, yes. as the apostle Paul says here. Oh wow, that's a great explanation. I like. I think you use the word hocus pocus. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. I am a skeptic at heart, but I am convinced the immaterial is real. Mm-hmm. And I'm convinced that the immaterial is real because it must be real to even evaluate the material. <laughs> okay, good point. And so, if the immaterial is real, and 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 so basically, let's do a little apologetics. Follow that road to there is a God. Okay, like mm-hmm. we don't have time to go through all of that and the evidence, and but but we could, right? Second law right. of thermodynamics, expanding universe, all yeah. this stuff that leads me to a being that's timeless, immaterial, spaceless. Therefore, the spiritual realm is real. Okay, as much as I'm a skeptic at heart and have been taught that by the Western culture that I grew up in, right, and yeah. Bill Nye, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's hard for me to believe. Um, but uh, the, if the spiritual world is real, then the Apostle Paul, and, and by the way, the, the people in Corinth, they were, they of course believed in spiritual realities. Right, and that's right. what Paul is talking about. Mm-hmm. And therefore, he's going to dive into this thing that, okay, uh, the Spirit of God is at work. And it interacts with your spirit. And so when I was talking about the vehicle or the bridge between God and us, the Holy Spirit is that me- that mechanism, that the way that God does that, the mm-hmm. way that it happens is through the work of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. the role of the Holy Spirit. His role is to bring to life things in us, bring to light God's truth in us. Right. And so I think this whole section falls into the category of the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. And because the Corinthians lack that category, Paul now has to explain that. Mm -hmm. God's wisdom, your wisdom, that is all being aligned by the work of the Holy Spirit. And I think this this passage is explaining that in some detail. Um, He even Mm. gets to a spot where he talks about human judgment. He's like, look, I care about what the Holy Spirit thinks of my approach to leadership. I allow the Holy Spirit to evaluate me as a leader, not just human evaluations, mm. right? Yeah. And so he's really just introducing them to a whole new audience, a whole new category, and that is the Spirit at work in their lives. And if you're listening to this, the Spirit of God is at work in your life, too. Absolutely. And the Spirit of God is obviously at work in the lives of unbelievers, 
but it's a different dynamic. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that there's a passage that really explains that. Maybe there mm-hmm. is. But I think about the common grace that's mm-hmm. given to all people mm-hmm. through the Spirit of God. Yes. He's drawing people mm-hmm. while he's working dynamically from the inside out mm-hmm. in believers. He's working from the outside in mm-hmm. with the unbelievers. Mm-hmm. In the in the you know like in a church service that both of those things are happening and both of those things are happening. You know uh, when people read the Bible who aren't Christians, mm-hmm. um, it, some people say it's like reading somebody else's mail, right? Mm-hmm. But when, when you start to become interested, you want to know, is this book telling me the truth? I believe the Spirit of God starts right. to work mm-hmm. in that right. person's life. So now that we've kind of given those categories and explained that, I want to read it one more time and just kind of mm-hmm. riff on it, because I think now that we have this bucket for this major mm-hmm. theme of the section, yeah. things start to fall into place. So the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So the criticism would be, the Apostle Paul, how do you know these things of God? Oh, the Holy Spirit is at work revealing these things. Exactly. How does the Holy Spirit know these things? Well, in your own life, your Spirit knows you, so doesn't it make sense that the Spirit knows God? Okay? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So that's, yeah. that's this connection. For, and he makes that point in 11, for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? How do you know your thoughts, Mike? Somehow there's a voice in you, and yeah. you're understanding your voice in you. It's a weird, yeah. it's a weird thing. True. But Paul's saying, you know what it's like to talk to you. You know what's inside of you when no one else knows what's inside of you. So, interesting side note. Do you guys have a running monologue? Yes. I don't. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I've never there thought are, about there it. There are two different types of, of thinkers. There are some that have a running monologue that's happening all the time and other people who don't have it. Really? When I, I first heard I that, do. I was like, you have a running monologue? Wait, how do you think to yourself? Like, if you're thinking, uh, if, if you're all like, okay, what am I going to do at 1130 today in your brain? What are you seeing or hearing? I'm, I'm, I, it's concepts. It's not words. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm thinking about the realities of making a, uh, uh, an appointment or not making an appointment or what I need to do yeah. with the counter, but I don't have a running monologue about what's going to happen in the future. Huh. <laughs> what's the theme? What do the themes look like? They're not words? They're not words. They're concepts. But what's a concept I don't know. without it's a imagine, word? <laughs> it's imagination, but it's not... This explains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, it's so funny, but I think I'm in the minority. That's yeah, but but, but to your point though, this is the same thing. Well, you're the, making my point. Your spirit. spirit, the spirit of Mike Bell, it <laughs> sounds weird to say, <laughs> is somehow within you, you know. Yeah. And I I'm not prepared to talk about soul versus spirit, you know. Sure. Um because some people say, is that the same thing as having a soul? Do you want I, to speak I, to that? I do think it's different. I mean, so you have the dichotomous view and the trichotomous right. view. Mm. Are you body, soul, and spirit? Or are you just body and, and soul and spirit are interchangeable words? Mm. I think we're three. I think okay. the spirit is, um, it's the spirit of God uh-huh. in you. You had, um, and who knows, did you have a dead spirit and then the spirit yeah. quickened it? Or is it the Holy Spirit fused with your soul? Wow. I mean, who knows? What, I, who, I don't know. But it seems to me, if the writer of Hebrews says the Word of God can divide between soul and spirit, that yeah. makes me think, okay, there's two oh. different things going on. Right, right. I imagine some listeners just yawned, their eyes glazed over. <laughs> we'll wrap this up. I and other people were like, ooh, talk about that I for know, another 30 minutes. I know. Right, so verse yes. 11, for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? That's a rhetorical question. Right. This, yeah, you know that, Yeah. right? So he makes the point with God. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. All right? So in the same way that your Spirit knows you, the Holy Spirit knows knows God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, okay, the common thinking of the day, the mm-hmm. spirit of the of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. So, Apostle Paul, how do you understand these truths about God? The Holy Spirit. 
exactly. has, has given them to us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit. Mike, you explained that when you embraced Christ, it all became more clear to you. The mm-hmm. Holy Spirit was teaching you. Exactly. Explaining the spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. Okay, you. I think, I think you explained that in your own story, Mike. Spiritual realities, truths of God, taught by what? The Holy Spirit. Spirit-taught mm-hmm. words, like, are there special words? I don't think that's what he's no. saying here. Um, there are God-breathed words, whatever yes, that means. Yes. Spirit-taught words are the gospel, yeah. <laughs> the words that are taught by the Spirit. That's how yes. I read that. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. So they say, and this was happening in Corinth, they didn't embrace the gospel. They rejected those things. Well, they rejected it, and they didn't have the Spirit of God living within them. Right. So that's led to their rejection. Um but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit to make sense of these things. Mm -hmm. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. So the Holy Spirit in us producing the mind of Christ. So it's a very complex passage, but at the end of the Mm -hmm. day, I think we can all be comforted to know the Holy Spirit is in every believer helping them have the mind of Christ. Right. And you, it helps you maintain the mind of Christ to be renewing your mind, as the Apostle Paul mentions yeah. in Romans 12. Mm. So I wrote down just a couple of things here, just some key takeaways. Um, the first one, it's okay to begin to value things differently than your friends or your family do. The Apostle Paul is telling the Corinthians, look, you're, ne- you're going to need to value things differently than the culture around you. At times, you might be um, criticized for that. Yeah. Might, at times, you might feel alone in that. But permission granted to value things differently. You are going to start to look different yep. than the culture. The, the second thing I wrote down is, is the simpleness of the cross awe-inspiring for you? Is the gospel awe-inspiring? And, and I think that gets back to what the Apostle Paul said about, uh, I wanted to know, know nothing among you but Jesus and Him crucified. Mm-hmm. And, the, and then the next thing I put is something from Galatians. Apostle Paul says, walk in step with the Spirit. So I think... Um, mm-hmm. You know, how, how can we do that? Uh, it was interesting. I was at the eye doctor yesterday, just a quick story of the internal monologue, Mike, that I had with, had with myself. And there was a guy, there's a guy sitting next to me, pretty disheveled, um, you know, not the type of person you see in Draper, Utah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> at the eye care clinic. And uh, I was, I started just to pray for him right there. Mm. And I thought, I didn't, I didn't have a spiritual conversation with him. You know, I didn't walk over to him and say, hey, can I? I'd like to pray for you. Uh, maybe I should have done that. I didn't. But uh, but at the very least, I was thinking in terms of um, what what has God up to in this guy's life? What's his story? Where did he come from? What does he think spiritually? Mm. And uh, I, I just think that was a, a moment. That those moments don't happen often, but where I was sort of maybe more in tune with with the Holy Spirit working in everybody's life. And I just want people to walk through their day not focused on the mystical or the magical or the mysterious hocus pocus thing. <laughs> um, although there's a lot of people doing that right now with rocks and all of this stuff. I don't oh, quite I know. know all of that. But but just to be considering God it's just very logical to think God's at work in everybody's life through the Holy Spirit. So right now when I'm around this person, I just wonder what would it mean to um be led by the Holy Spirit and walk with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. um in this moment. I just yeah. think it's a different approach to life. Well, and it could it it could be a prayer. Yep. It could be a conversation. Yep. Be sensitive to what the spirit might be prompting you to right. do. Right. Mm. And because SMCC um, is so organized around the gospel, I, I say that as if organization and being led by the spirit are in contradiction. They're not. <laughs> um, but because we are very clear in all that we do, um, 
sometimes even you saying that sounds like that sounds charismatic, Mike. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> it's not. It's biblical. It's biblical. Yeah, exactly. So permission granted to think in terms of the Holy Spirit's work this week, everybody. Yeah. I think that's how the Apostle Paul would want us to leave this conversation. Amen. Cool. Awesome. Very cool, guys. Uh, as always, Eric, thank you for being here. Mike, what a treat to have you on. It's great to be here. Yeah, glad to have you here. And uh, listeners, just a reminder, we'd love for you to leave a review. That helps us out a ton. If you can, leave a review on Apple Podcasts especially. That's the most prevalent one that, that helps us out. And uh, just a shout out, if you are not subscribed to our YouTube channel either, hey, please do that. That helps us out a ton. And there is an SMCC Messages podcast, which is exactly that. It is SMCC Messages in podcast form. So you can go ahead and search for that as well as Spotify and Apple Podcasts too. Thanks for being here. We will see you next week, hopefully. Take care. Thanks again for joining us for the Fully Delighted Podcast. If you enjoyed this hopeful and helpful resource, we'd love to have you leave us a review or share an episode with a friend. For more information about SMCC, please visit us at our website at smccutah.org. Thank you for trusting us with your time, and we look forward to having you back again soon.